Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's Brett, a.k.a. PQ, also known to many as the appreciator. And I'm in a real appreciating mood because the Overnightscape Central is back. We've got many contributors this week. Some that we haven't heard from in quite some time. We've got Doc Slees. We've got Chad Bowers. We have Mike Booty, the Midnight Citizen. And of course, we have Frank Edward Nora. So this is going to be a big one. So uh, hold on to your hats. Um, Make sure if you pause it, you come back. Because we are going to talk about YouTube 2023 and perhaps a little bit of follow-up on how we do our media in this modern age because that's really what we've been talking about last week and this week and um, yeah we'll have an interesting topic for next week and you can do a follow-up on this topic or address next week's topic and at the end of the show I will tell you all about how that is done. Um, We just have so much. uh, This is really exciting because, yeah, at the end of our Beatles Fest, things got a little sparse, and last week it was a little sparse, but now, now, we are ready and back, and perhaps even better than ever, here on the Overnight Scape Underground, your place for night radio, and there's nothing more night radio than a bunch of night radio hosts having their say on such an esoteric topic. I mean, YouTube is a part of many people's lives. Certainly, we've all, if you're on the internet, you have been there, and it's changed. Oh boy, has it. And how we interact with it, of course, always changes. And Well, I'll have my say, no doubt, in between everybody else's, but we need to get this ball rolling right away, and uh, to start things off, let's hear from Doc Slees. Yep, I'm back. I would have been back last week, on last week's um, Central, but I forgot. Uh, (laughs) I've got out of the habit of recording for it, and um, I nearly forgot today. And remains to be seen whether I get this one in under the wire uh, for PQ to include on this week's Overnightscape Central. Anyway, YouTube 2023. Well, um, what can I say about YouTube uh, in the year 2023 except to say my problems with it and i do have problems with youtube are exactly the same as they've always been and that is in the recommended videos that it brings you know when you bring up your youtube homepage, and um it gives you all these videos on it some are things you've seen others are, are things it thinks you want to see now, one assumes this is based upon one's previous viewing history and maybe inspired by the things you've searched for. But I find all sorts of weird stuff turn up in these recommended videos <laughs> that has 
nothing whatsoever to do with anything I've ever either watched on YouTube or have searched for on YouTube. Um, you know, these days, I mean, most of my um, most of my YouTube viewing these days is devoted to um, model railway videos and um, and things to do with 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 the sort of strange old movies and TV series that I I hear me talk about on my own show and I write about in my blog etc. Um, and yet. <laughs> And yet, I get all sorts of stuff. I went through a phase that kept recommending things about hamsters to me. Now, I've never searched for anything to do with hamsters. To the best of my knowledge, I've never watched a video involving hamsters or similar rodents. <laughs> I actually have no interest in that. I've got nothing against hamsters, but I have, I've never even owned a hamster. I had a gerbil once. Um... <laughs> That was that was when I was a kid. So that's a long, long time ago now. Why hamsters? Um, very strange. I don't. Know. <laughs> um, yeah. So 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 why why that? Um, some of it can sometimes be stuff that I is mildly offensive. Oh, Here's another one. British street. This is one. Literally, I'm looking at the try British street food. Now, where the hell does that come from? I never look at food videos. I'm just not interested. Uh, you know, UK tornado, huge Manchester tornado war club. Again, I'm. I don't look at YouTube videos. I want to know what the weather is. Either I look at a weather forecast, or or more immediately, I look out of the I look out of the window. <laughs> I just, where does this come from? Uh, yeah. Very, very, in search of the oldest house in London. Again, that's that's tenuous because I know the guy who whose channel that's on does sometimes post model railway videos. So there's a slight link there. Uh, <laughs> cat videos. Again, I like cats, but you know something? I don't watch videos about them. But I think, again, I know where that comes from. There is a tenuous link in that some model railway videos feature the owner's cats, usually causing chaos on the model railways. Cats do with, with when it comes to model trains, uh, little buggers for that sort of thing. Um, they're like nothing better than chewing up your signals and whatever. But yeah. Um, these things, you know, turn up here. Where is Darcy Lynn now in 2023? I don't know who the hell Darcy Lynn is, so it's no good asking me that. Why you show me that video? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, Turd Towns, Wiltshire, the five worst places to live in Wiltshire, UK. Now, I come from Wiltshire. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever searched looked at any youtube videos of anything in wiltshire but there you go so what again why you should why why would i want to know the worst places to live i can tell you where the worst places to live in wiltshire are. 
Um, Swindon and Trowbridge are the top two. Um, <laughs> here you go. Ah, uh, dear. I wonder what this other, yeah, the, the other three in his list, I, again, I can probably guess. But, yeah, um, it's very weird, the things that turn up here. Lately, and I've, I, I, I keep rejecting them completely, I'm putting on the not interested, not in, interested. I get loads of politics videos of late for some reason. Now, I don't know why. I really don't. Um, some of them seem to be from people with rather extreme views, mainly right wing, but occasionally left wing ones as well. And you know something? I don't come to YouTube for politics, um, especially because, you know, if you watch a, a YouTube video about politics, there's going to be no balance in it because YouTube isn't. Um, subject to the same regulations on impartiality, certainly the, in certainly the UK news, news TV news channels are. You know it's going to be wildly biased. It's going to be one person's opinion. And do you know something? I'm really no more interested in hearing their opinion on YouTube than I would be down the pub. Just as I don't, as I, I always assume that people really down the pub aren't interested in hearing my political opinions. Uh, so I'm um, I wouldn't put out a YouTube video about them, you know, one of those things. But why? Again, because it's not something I've ever searched for again. I don't know. I don't know. It's all very strange, you know. So I'm just literally look at, looking through it now. Some of the things I mean, actually, today it's being rather uncaught because they are mainly model railway and thereby extension railway related. Uh, so you can see there's some relevance. Well, that has some strange ideas, YouTube, it's algorithms. Um, here's one. Here's one that is total irrelevant. How my otter wakes me up. Again, otters. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sure they're very nice animals. I have no interest in them. I've never watched a video about them. Uh, yeah. Oh, very bizarre. Um... Dear, oh dear. A tour of Hemsby, Great Yarmouth. Again, British seaside town. I have never been to Hemsby or Great Yarmouth in my life. But yeah, some of the these, um, some of these, uh, the politically related ones as they say because you know it's it's just it's not the place i'm coming even for political news is it youtube because you know it's mainly bloody amateursville here i, I you know the these people are self-appointed experts who put these videos up um the only excuse for them showing me anything politically related i can imagine is because I do sometimes look at the videos of a lady from Ukraine who th who is making video. I never watched a video <laughs> when she lived in Ukraine, but she and her family are now, uh, because of the war, are living in the UK. And it's just interesting an outsider's 
Yeah, I started watching when the Ukraine conflict broke out because, you know, she's, she, she speaks excellent English and she gave a very interesting... She lived in Kiev and it's a very interesting first-hand view of what was going on. It's also interesting to, to hear an outsider, a foreigner's, an outsider's uh, views on, on the UK. It's always fascinating. Um, yeah. Yeah. And similarly, I sometimes watch the videos. There's a Russian girl who, again, speaks excellent English. And these days she's exiled herself to, to, to Georgia. Georgia next to Russia, not Georgia in the US, um, because of the war in Ukraine, which she disagrees with. And um, again, she just, uh, some of her, her videos she's made, because she lived in the far east of Russia, which is part of Russia you don't often see covered. So I suppose that's their, their excuse, YouTube, is thinking I might be interested in wider political issues. Well, I am, but not on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and other odd things it, 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 it shows me. Um, it went through a phase of, 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 of thinking I was interested in women's fashion, which I think was really an excuse for people putting up videos of attractive young ladies in bikinis. And not much else and, you know, lingerie and whatever, which is all, all well and good. It's all fine. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm not averse to seeing pictures of attractive young ladies. But at the same time, um, I'm not sure it links into anything I've ever actually looked at on YouTube. And I, um, again, YouTube's not the place I want to look at that sort of thing. It's not what I'm coming here for, you know. But it does have some odd ideas, YouTube. I mean, because I um, I can only see it's because of my interest in model railways. It makes the assumption I'm interested in full-size railways. And from that, thinks I'm interested in other forms, archaic forms of transport. So I often get stuff about um, narrow boats and the canal system. <laughs> Which, to me, I mean, the link to railway, the interest of railways is tenuous, to say the least. Um, but it, and it kept, there was a particular, particular YouTuber it kept on with, with their videos, putting them in my, and I did eventually watch some and actually came to, to rather like them, even though I have no interest in narrow boats and the canals whatsoever. But, you know, the kid presenting, I mean, she is a kid. I mean, she's 16 now and, and scarily grown up looking. But the, I mean, she was, I don't know, 11 or 12 when she she's first making them. I don't know. She's a very engaging um, character. <laughs> and she has the same accent as me. She comes from Wiltshire as well, which always helps. But yeah. But yeah, it was, it's, you know, it's bizarre what they think I'm interested in. And the trouble is that sometimes I suspect, I get the strong suspicion that it's not just gathering information. Well, of course, because it belongs to Google. It's not just gathering information, YouTube, about what I'm watching there on YouTube. It's obviously gathering information about anything I do on any other Google-owned property and beyond often. Because sometimes it comes up with stuff that I've never searched for on YouTube, but 
but which I might have talked about to someone, I don't know, on Twitter, say. Um, and that works both ways. Twitter, every so often, in its recommendations, who I should follow comes up with the canal, uh, yeah, CRT, Canals and River Trust. Uh, now, I've never, ever followed anyone on Twitter or looked at the feed of anyone on Twitter who has anything to do with canals or narrowboats. I've never discussed the topic with anyone on Twitter. I don't follow it. Yes, I don't follow anyone except that on Twitter. You can only get that from knowing about my browsing habits of watching some of the videos of the young lady. I say lived. She no longer lives on a narrowboat. We used to live on a narrowboat. Um, yeah. So that's, it just feels slightly creepy, you know? And I suspect because my, my blog is a blogger blog, it's based on blogger, also belongs to Google. I can't help but feel that might be where it gets the idea about politics. I'll sometimes write about politics there. And some of the other stuff I write about there ends up getting fed into, into the YouTube algorithm in order to come up with some of these often seeming to me quite random and bizarre suggestions of videos I, I might want to see. It's it's all it's all slightly creepy. <laughs> Actually it really is. I don't like this feeling. I'm being I mean because we all know this has been the case with the web for a long time, especially with the likes of Google, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. They are watching or trying to watch your every move. Um, you know, I do my best to restrict cookies and to you know, depersonalize ads and things to avoid this. But you know it's still happening, you know. Because, again, to give another example of how insidiously one app insidiously takes more generalized browsing information, that Facebook, now, I have a Facebook account. I only really have it because I, I'm a member of a couple of two or three Facebook groups, one to do with the Roku channel I sometimes watch. Um, another, um, you know, obviously there's, there's the Overnight Scape and there's another one to do with a, a group associated with, my, with um, online satire writing that I'm involved with. And plus I, I run a page for my main website, satire at the Sleaze. That's why I'm on Facebook. And yet, if I go and, and, and look at the groups that it recommends for me, other groups to join, it keeps on with model railway related groups. Now, I've never posted about model railways on Facebook, never discussed it with anyone there. So where is it coming from? You know, um, obviously, it's, it's getting information from other sites and apps I look at, obviously. As I say, oh, rather insidious, really is. But yeah, the other thing about YouTube, YouTube in 2023, to be more, more generalised than just my specific <laughs> experiences, um, 
compared to even a few years ago, YouTube is becoming more and more semi-professionalized, if you like, the kind of people who post there. You look at the style and quality of videos. It is far more, not just people putting up their random, like I do, putting up their random home videos, which a lot of it always was, and that's part of the fun of it. Um, nowadays, it's people with, with these channels that produce like semi-professional 15 to 20 minute documentaries or whatever uh, on, on subjects often. And it's, um, and even like the model railway videos I watch, the way they're put together does is, is often say semi-professional in the way it's done. And there's increasing the emphasis upon monetizing everything there. Uh, I've never monetized that. Because, <laughs> let's face it, you know, there aren't enough people in this world are going to look at one of my bloody home, one of my holiday videos, me wandering around a beach or something, uh, or an old castle. They're going to want to watch that to make it worthwhile, me even attempting to monetize it. And I'd think anywhere I'd have a real cheek thinking <laughs> I could somehow make money out of people looking at this nonsense. You know, um, But there's a slickness now to the YouTube product. Have you also noticed the rise on YouTube of the um, instructional video? You will find videos on how to do anything and everything on YouTube. Um, it's It's, you know... It's just one of those, I suppose, because it's fairly easy to do, isn't it? A video like that and people put them together in series. You know, Mr. Blotchett's, you know, <laughs> Mr. Bodgett's, you know, home fixing guide or whatever, you know, um, that sort of thing. Home plumbing guides and whatever. How to fix your toilet in three easy lessons. Perhaps chat based on, based on his recent... Um, his recent um, um, activities he told us about in the exit ramp. Perhaps, perhaps Chad should be watching some of those. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, again, I don't watch them. <laughs> Partly because, I, I would tell you, I get very, very semi-professional here. In my capacity as a teacher, I can tell you that my learning style uh, is attuned less to the visual than to the instructional. I, I, I prefer to read instructions and, or, or, or see those little diagrams they sometimes put in instructions. In fact, to be honest, I'm one of those pig-headed people, actually, who often <laughs> think if something looks obvious how to do it, so I just wade in and do it that way. Um, sometimes, only sometimes with disastrous results. But yeah, I find watching instructional videos is never quite the, the best way to do it <clears throat> for me. But the other side of this is that um, another aspect of it is, is, again, going back to the fact that YouTube is owned by Google. Google search these days is a joke. Um, you can never, uh, lots of people, and increasingly even sort of, people to whom Google is the only search engine in the world, so they have no nothing to compare it with, 
are beginning to say, why is it I can't find anything with Google? And one of the problems is because it's promoting um, in its search results rather than relevancy, it's promoting to some extent its own properties. So if you put into Google about, you're trying to find out about how to fix something and you'll get dominating the first page of results are YouTube videos on it, which I'm not interested in. Um, I'm sure they're all made in good faith and are very good, but, but that isn't the way I'm going to teach myself how to do it. That's not my, my learning style. That's not how I approach it. Just the way I am. Some people, the instructional video will work well, you know, but not for me. But that's what Google does. It promotes its own properties like YouTube, which probably drives people even more to produce these sort of professional looking videos on subjects. So that if you look searching for anything on any subject, you know, you wanted to know something about, I don't know, a particular type of World War II aircraft. Um, I can guarantee probably in those Google results, you'd you would find on the front page some referring to YouTube channels that have videos about that particular type of aircraft would figure very highly rather than directing you to a specialized website that would actually tell you probably a lot more about it if you want the technical details. So yeah, yeah, well, that's one of the things wrong with Google search and I could go on further, but we're not talking about Google search in 2023. We are talking about YouTube in 2023, yeah. Where it's improved for me, YouTube, to go back to my original point about those recommended videos, where it has improved, I mean, I, see, I, I still occasionally get those sort of fashion type videos, stroke porno. Uh, <laughs> it has, there was a time, it went through a phase of recommending some very dubious videos to me, which I was surprised at, at you know, were even on. Well, I said, because I didn't actually look at them, so I'm making some assumptions here about what the content was. But, but, at one time, it was recommending uh, videos about, now, <laughs> they were all about breastfeeding. Now, I have a strange suspicion here that's some kind of euphemism and these were some kind of fetish or porn videos you know i wasn't going to find out because i looked at even one of them even out of curiosity my bloody recommendations be filled with this sort of stuff for months to come it would take me forever to clean that up now where did that come from hmm now the only the only explanation for this I can find is that some years ago, my Yahoo Mail account was hacked, like everybody's. Well, our, our details were hacked, login details, as was a very good friend of mine. And they, I mean, someone somewhere obviously went through the contact lists and whatever and at the time she'd just become a mother and had a young baby so things like breastfeeding were of interest to her um i've, I've no doubt she was getting 
emails from suppliers and things about you know to do with breastfeeding I don't know that's where I suspect that came from somehow then that got sold as data that because I was linked to her therefore I must also have you know for all I know she has it she looks on on YouTube and thanks to this she for all I know she gets videos about model railways coming up and far as I'm aware she has no interest in model railways other than the fact she knows me and I have one uh, you know I've never asked her because you know there's some things you don't talk about to your best friends even but yeah it just leaves me this suspicion that somehow this is data that was then bought by Google or someone that Google some third party that Google deals with to get data, you know, because that's what the web runs on. You know, gathering data about people, data harvesting. That's what it's all about to try and make more precise things like the recommendations YouTube gives you for what videos to watch. But it relies upon the idea that that data is accurate in the first place, which has been obtained through illegal means. Um, it might well not be. But there you go. <laughs> I have rambled on enough. Oh, just to add with YouTube, at least I haven't had the recurrence of something that was deeply offensive some years ago when it started <clears throat> um, recommending football videos to me sorry soccer as people outside the uk would say um again because i don't ever recall looking at any football stroke soccer related videos on youtube um but i am a tottenham hotspur i wouldn't say well, i think fans putting it strongly i followed i follow the spurs and so i, I look at various spurs fan sites and news sites and um Again, I go, but for some reason, the videos they kept recommending to YouTube kept recommending to me were for bloody Arsenal, which, <laughs> trust me, for a Spurs supporter, that's the most offensive thing you can do is try and get me to watch Arsenal. You know, they are they are just yeah, they are the devil. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to say back to you, PQ. And like I said, I hope this gets, get this with in on time. You not only made it, but we included you first just because we missed you so much, Doc. Um, welcome back. And uh, yeah, recommended videos on YouTube is a whole. And I'm sure uh, everybody is. I mean, it's not even a website. I really think... The microphone hooked up to my computer sometimes picks up something I have said and suddenly I'm seeing ads for it and getting videos recommended for it and so forth. Well, we are a surveilled people and it may not be people surveilling us but some uh, not very bright form of AI because like you say you're getting hamster videos. I mean, really now. And yeah, we, we all do things on different sites and yet somehow things come back to roost on YouTube. But 
Um, I had no idea that UK news, the United States news, television news, used at least the networks, had to be unbiased, which changed around sometime in the Reagan administration in the 80s. But I do remember a time where the news, they were obliged to have no spin. And now, I mean, every single network news has a leaning or a spin. And it's, oh man. And and political crap on YouTube is just that, just that crap. Um, it's very biased. Um, and they apparently decide from what you watch even though I watch a lot of things because I'm being snarky and amused by such I get these really I mean I'll get a far right and a far left video in the same you know four video line uh, yeah the whole recommended thing in the logarithms uh, they could do better we have AI now and at this, I get so much stuff there that has nothing to do with anything or nothing to do with anything that I am particularly interested in uh, as far as all that. Um, is there such a thing, Doc, as model railroading politics? Now, that would cover uh, a lot of ground. Uh, and I guess, well, a, a lot of people who have specialized channels, uh, not so much now, but... Uh, in that, uh, what, 2020, whenever there's a presidential election, you got to kind of watch because people will get themselves wrapped up politically. And instead of talking about model railway, or they'll be talking about model railway, but making points and making references to, I don't know, whichever party's candidate in whatever your nation is, um, and another thing you mentioned is the slickness. Yeah, it used to be a guy sitting in his bedroom on the edge of the bed and telling his stuff. And now they've got all these apps and stuff. So even if you're not in a professional studio, you can almost look like one. And I've yet, I mean, I've considered at times, I, mean, I do post most of my podcasts, although not the central, on YouTube. Um, I, I don't fit any demographic, apparently, and I suppose you have to have more views than I get to even be considered. But that, that PQ River channel on YouTube is if, if you got need to catch up on the appreciator there's a playlist and everything uh, that's that's what i do now as a podcaster aside from the central i appreciate things um yeah the recommended let's let well at some point uh we will take a look at my recommended but uh i want to get things and keep things rolling and i'm always very curious to hear what Chad Bowers is going to say. So uh, let's go over it and see what Chad has to say. Good morning. Good night. Good earth. We're doing projects around the house. This morning, for instance, 
I installed a ring doorbell chime. Now this is a uh, electronic device. You connect it to your Wi-Fi, you connect it to your ring video doorbell, and when you ring the button or you push the button outside, uh, uh, this thing makes various ding-dong sounds. About 20 to choose from, about two good ones. I chose a pleasant sound. The old mechanical chimes in the hallway had stopped working. When you ring the doorbell or the new video doorbell, it would uh, make a sound. Now, inside one of those traditional analog hallway chime units, you've got two little uh, actuators, two little uh, solenoids. When they're energized, they shoot the little pole up. And when the pole goes up, it hits a metal bar, and it makes a ding sound. And right after it does that, it fires the second one, and it hits another bar of a different size below it, and it makes a dong sound. It's all together now. Ding dong. Uh, my dog barks. He knows that means someone's coming to the door. But I had to change these out because it sounded like it was going to... Uh, cause an electrical fire, just a, you know, that little solenoid was uh, stuck, or not matriculating possibly, or healthily through its uh, movements. You know, you must have a movement. The uh, situation was, is I thought, well, I'll just unhook this thing. The, uh, the doorbell will ring through to the uh, chime that I plug in somewhere wirelessly through the magic of wireless. Electric. It's electric. Remember when uh, people were all thinking, oh man, those candles. Those candles are so old-fashioned. Gosh dang it, we're living in this company town and uh, honey, I, I hate to tell you, but we're not electric in the modern world. Well, it's electric. You're looking at your candles and you're feeling kind of humble because, good God, you want a 60-watt Edison light bulb, man. You want to join the electric age. So everything was electric. In the future, it'll all be electric. Robot men, electric men. That all goes away. That all finishes. You go through the era of the television and then you've got the color TV. New color TVs. Now, this motel has a color TV. But then the great comeback of electric, the cars. Although they were the first cars were electric, also the cars now, the newest cars are electric. Now there's a little bit of an issue with it. There's the cobalt mining, there's the slavery. You know, it is sad there's more slaves today than any point in history in the past. Now, all the people that are shopping at Walmart and going about their business, they will owe reparations one day to all these slaves. All the children. But that being the case, let's just say that the word electric has come back in a big way with these electric cars. Well, there's not enough grid power either. It's essentially like adding another air conditioner to your electric bill. So, in those summer months, when they're telling everybody to turn their AC off or they're having rolling blackouts, 
What if hundreds of millions of people also had electric cars connected to the grid? So we take the amount of uh, air conditioners we have and we double or triple it. Now that's going to be a problem on those prime electric days. Going to have to build some more power plants. If you care about the environment, you'd go nuclear. You can build safe nuclear plants. You can put them underground. If they burn out, fuck it. Just cover them up. That being the case, electric is still uh, a thing. People say, oh, electric car. I want an electric car. I want an electric car. I want to join the modern age on an electric car. Spacely sprockets. Men drive electric cars. So this doorbell... I took it out of the equation. I clipped the wires, went to work my doorbell, found out, oh, geez, now my uh, ring doorbell is on battery power alone because I forgot the 10 volts from the transformer is powering the, uh, the doorbell. Now, if we take a step back a couple weeks, this problem, when it first reared its ugly head, which is a boat on a sailboat or a bathroom on a sailboat, a toilet, a head, when it first reared its ugly head, it uh, was making this noise, and I read about it online and did some studying and found that usually that means your transformer, which you got to find it usually in the garage somewhere, it's going to be connected to AC, and it's going to turn that 120 into about 16 volts. And then that's going to go through a positive and negative wire that's going to run all the way to the doorbell or all the way to the doorbell chime it's in the middle right and then the doorbell chime goes to the doorbell when you push the doorbell in you complete the circuit and the electricity runs through the chime actuates the two little actuators so I thought it was the transformer so $25 later I've got a new transformer I'm in the garage on a ladder taking the old one out I wire the new one in no difference doorbell still sounds crappy which is a fish so the doorbell still sounds like fish and my wife's not happy and I'm not happy with the sound of this doorbell either so I think to myself well we got to go on to the next thing I think we got to go ahead and order either new chimes which because we've painted the hallway the new chimes will be a slightly different size box I'll have to find paint to match it up so oy, oy, oy. let's just leave the chimes wire around them bypass them entirely so that was the plan well it didn't work as you know I hooked it all back up still didn't work oh my god what the hell's wrong with this thing well I track it down it turns out that the uh, the wire in the chimes that goes to the transformer from the chimes and then the bare wire that goes to the doorbell the positive or negative it doesn't matter it's either one the DC circuit you can put them back and forth doesn't really matter so we do this no sorry with AC anyway don't listen to me for electrical advice I'm gonna burn your house down full the uh, the thing is you got to twist those two together twist those two wires together now you've effectively taken the chime out of the circuit entirely while still sending power to the doorbell hole where the ring doorbell video thing is. So we got that part worked out. 
plug in the chime, go through the setup. Why the hell is it not working? About to pull my hair out, about to burn the whole house down, in fact. Just figure, you know, best to collect the insurance money and start over with a trailer in the woods. But I went through some troubleshooting steps and found out when the app set itself up, the uh, default setting for the electric chimes, ring chime, pro, I guess, is uh, it set itself up at volume zero. Ay, ay, ay. So it was working, I just couldn't hear it working. Oh my god. So anyway, that's how projects around the house go. So. For newly married couples, for couples dating that are thinking of getting married, I tell you, I think you should start with an apartment. I've been a homeowner for 20-something years, and uh, without fail, it's two or three hundred dollars a month of just fixing things, improving things, keeping things up, keeping things running. Uh, in fact, we redid the kitchen recently, and. Uh, yeah, that's a lot more than a couple hundred a month. There's a lot of money out of pocket. All at once. But uh, the thing is, my wife got this insert for uh, one of the drawers to hold the spoons and whatnot. Not the spoon. Sorry, this is implements. This is things like uh, grabbers, pizza cutters, uh, odd bottle openers, unusual spatulas things of this nature. Big drawer, big uh, divided wood thing you put all your implements in from a company called Reva Shelf. They make a lot of uh, kitchen improvement cabinetry inserts. But you have to fit, the, you have to cut them to fit the, uh, to fit the drawer. And uh, well, it's maple, but it's laminated maple. So essentially, it's a nice plywood that looks good on top. Uh, but as you may know, if you've been around the block a few times, if you take a saw and you cut through this, you're going to rip one side. You're going to cause some tearing on one side. And that's probably because if you got a rip saw, you know, you're using one with 24 teeth or so. This is what you might rip two by fours with. Well, if you want to do finer work, you need more teeth. Uh, so I bought some blades at a 40 teeth. I bought another one that has 64 teeth. And then I bought this device to screw onto my circular saw, uh, you know, that'll cut it even. So we're up to $50 now, right? Just an equipment to cut this board. I got that this morning and uh, I was hooking up to the saw. And, of, you know, of course I didn't spend a fortune on these things. I got kind of, a, you know, bargain level situation to do this. So the little screws that uh, you mount it to your skill saw with, your circular saw, they're just friction. And, you know, friction on metal, if you put force to it and the forces of the blade spinning, the torque that comes off that, well, you could easily torque it out of perfection. So you've got this guide, like a T-square you're using to cut a straight line. You've got your fancy blade with all your teeth. You're going to lay some painter's tape on either side of the board. You're going to go in through the back, cut through to the other side. The other side, theoretically, always cleaner than the top side. Hopefully, you'll get a straight line out of this booger. But you got to keep it where it's not going to move. So I, uh, I, I got my drill out and uh, 
metal drill and I was drilling a few holes into the base of my circular saw because these little tightener screws, I want to make it where they go all the way through, right where I want them, you know. So now you're going to get zero left to right motion. So I drill three holes in the base of my saw. I put some screws in it. Now I've, I've rebuilt this little device in a way that's going to work for my needs, I think. I haven't done it yet, guys. Uh, I'll come back to you with uh, my hat in my hand if it doesn't work. Side note. I was thinking about uh, James Brown the other day. You remember that song, James Brown? James Brown. You know, there's a lot of songs, a lot of techno songs with uh, loops and samples from James Brown. Uh, there's Big Audio Dynamite. Dynamite. Uh, Mick Jones's band, After the Clash. Fantastic. Just just amazing stuff. You, you got to check them out. The whole crew is insanely gifted. Got Mick Jones in there. You've got Don Letts for Pete's sake. Don Letts, what a guy. Check him out, man. It's a musical adventure, you know. But I was thinking about James Brown. Not now, James. We're busy. Not now, James. We're busy. I was thinking about James Brown. I was thinking about his butt. You know, James Brown, when he's up on stage strutting his stuff, moving his big butt around, particularly in the middle 70s, his butt, perhaps his hair to a lesser degree, but his butt makes me think of a 1978 Ford Thunderbird lights, brake lights on the back. Look at the Ford Thunderbird from 1978. Moving on down the road and see if you don't see James Brown boogieing his heart and soul out for you. That might be the finest moment that car had. Is that memory? Yeah. Late stage Thunderbird. Kind of lost its way into the malaise era. Still, uh, James Brown makes it all worthwhile. Well, I'm about to go into Harbor Freight and buy two uh, sawhorses. Plastic sawhorses. I'm going to put this project on there. That's going to take the cost of uh, cutting this board up to around $100. $100. $100. Well, that's life in the... That's, that's life. That's life. <laughs> okay, guys. I'll be back in a few. Uh, Old Testament. Uh, well, then. How are we consuming all of this wonderful... Uh, Wonderful, wonderful entertainium. Uh, for me, I would say the uh, the mobile phone, which at this current point in time is a uh, an iPhone 14 Pro Max. I consume uh, about 20% of my media on this. I feel that number is somewhat adequate because during the day while at work, I listen to uh, you guys on the OnSug as well as other podcasts and programs from uh, XM Radio sometimes. I've got hearing aids, and fortunately for me, uh, the hearing aids connect by Bluetooth. So I can be listening to a podcast and, uh, you know someone could come in to talk to me and they wouldn't even realize 
that uh, that I was on the uh, listening to something because I've got my hearing aids in and I can hear them and I can hear what I'm listening to. So I recommend hearing aids if uh, you know if you're into all this audio entertainium. It's a good way to uh, to listen covertly. Sometimes you'll say to people, "What?" You know, and they'll say something, and I'll be like, "What?" And they'll say it again, and I'll be like, "What?" And so, you know, because I'm listening to Frank talk about time travel or uh, Flea Devil Solitaire. The other times, another growing uh, source of content, particularly the last few years with the rise of Roku on my TV sets has been using the YouTube and watching YouTube videos right through the TV. That's uh, that's a good hunk of media. And then you've got your uh, your message boards. I still go to Atari Age most days. There's several places I like to look around on Reddit. I've been researching all about uh, Carrera versus Skelectric versus uh, Tony Car, Poly Car, something like that nature. I think it's between the... Uh, right now it's looking like the Carrera Digital 132 believe is the uh, the size that I like and um, so anyway I want to get a set I want to build this cool racetrack I want to uh, invite Mike Booty over and have a race and report the results live to you guys right on the radio I've been reading a lot about Enneagrams lately it's one of the things I've been researching I'm type 5 the investigator and it explains so much about my personality. I've, I was reading it, in fact, and uh, it, it just about blew my mind, one of the books I was reading on it. It was uh, talking about how this type, you know, often feels they're from another planet. And man, it, check it out. Check out your Enneagram. Did I talk about that before? Probably so. But I was just talking about... Uh, projects around the house which a lot of my uh, research is is on YouTube videos so a lot of times I'll say things like uh, you know show me white kitchens and uh, show me different colored tiles or uh, you know how do you how do you do this just recently, that whole idea of like learning how to get the right amount of saw teeth on the circular saw blade, and how you can, how one cuts better than another, and if you don't want it to splinter, and um, you know where you go in with the cut, the back side's usually going to be dirtier than the front side. This is uh, all lessons of life, lessons acquired with. Uh, visual and audio content via the YouTube. I hate them, but I still use them out of just habit and convenience. They are the uh, 
ubiquitous provider of audiovisual search content kind of of note, you know. It's the it's where the majority are. I think they've they've left the door open for a lot of good competition. We'll see. Often I listen to the radio or other podcast while driving in the car. So uh, that's one way in which I like to partake. Listening while driving. Listening to music. Thought, words, talk, chants, elevator music. YouTube. Twitter, Threads, Instagram, BitChute, Rumble, Reddit, PBS, Space Time, Nova, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Star Trek TOS, The Orville, Optimus Prime, Renegade Soundwave. The other important way I've been experiencing media has been in the form of books. I joined my local library. I've got uh, some sci-fi books checked out at the moment, but I've, um, The Stars, My Destination by Nestor, and The Forever War by Joe Haldeman, Haldeman, Haldeman. I've given up on the Kindle as a reading device because of uh, a lack of trust stored media particularly with stored books um, trusting global corporations with uh, let's face it are only interested in global megacorp I don't think it's safe to trust them with, uh, with book knowledge so I've gone back to regular books just as a matter of practice, don't read uh, electronic books. It's just uh, not a matter of uh, the format being bad, just an inherent distrust of uh, the written word to the, uh, the moodiness of those in charge at any given moment of Earth history. We've seen the evidence... We won't be fooled again. Yes, we won't be fooled again. It's just better anyway. It just feels better. It's a more relaxing way to uh, absorb information for me. Hope you might check it out. Let's go back to uh, Brett, Mr. PQ, up there in the satellite of love. Somewhere safely above the troubles of Earth.
All right, back to you. Chad, and that that is a perfect example. If you have other things on your mind, um, yes, we have a topic, and you can touch on it. You can not touch on it. If you have something to say, if you want to express something, if you just want to be part of the Overnightscape Central Magic here on the Overnightscape Underground, you can feel free. I mean, that was almost in and of itself in my head, the soundtrack to some YouTube video. Um, all these household hints and the actual, oh man, uh, I, for one, I mean, I can get something done, you know, fixing and repairing, but it's only out of desperation. And I'm lucky I haven't killed myself or anyone else when I finally decide, no, nobody else can be relied on. This needs to be done. I think the last thing I needed to do was uh, the shower head here in uh, my place was messed up. So I bought a new one and I had to hook it up. And it just, I mean, yes, at the end, it was just, you know, the one I unscrewed had all this plumbing tape on it. So I figured I needed plumbing tape and this whole elaborate setup and tools and something like a wrench to really cinch it up. But the kit I bought, I figured, okay, I'll try it because this other shower head is problematic. So I removed the old one. I just, with all my might, finally get it off of the nozzle holder screwy thing and put the other one on thinking, okay, maybe it'll leak a little, but at least, it, no, I, I screwed it on really tight by hand, no tools, and it works. It works. And I've done small, like, fixing electric wires somehow without even turning. I'm, then it's stupid. I, I understand that. And if it wasn't something I really needed and I knew I couldn't get it, just get it fixed and I have to do it myself. And that's another thing. I guess you can look at YouTube, but very much like Doc, I need diagrams right in front of my face. I mean, even when I'm trying to do something on the computer and I look it up and there's instructions, I'm going from the page back and yes, I need written instructions. Somebody doing it on a YouTube showing you how um, I have to watch that and pause. I, I guess I could watch it and pause it and watch it and pause it. But at the end of the day, the written instructions are just so much easier or maybe a diagram to things that are moving. And uh, as far as using a telephone for media, uh, that telephone, a phone, I, I, they don't call them telephones anymore. And I'm actually getting one of these track phones finally because I have to move into the 21st century. Not having a phone is just not going to work if you want to be a modern person. You want to sign up for anything. You want to do anything. You need a phone, ideally, that's in your name. So, uh, yes, the track phone is in my immediate future, but I'm not getting one that's going to hook to the Internet. I mean, I already own uh, an iPhone 5 that I use as a camera at my work and use sometimes to record stuff in the uh, voice memo mode or I'll shoot a video, but 
uh, the idea, uh, and it's because the few times I've used a phone for media, it's just, and I've mentioned this before, it's such a small, I get so focused on this tiny little space. It's so much harder to look away or notice anything else than working on my laptop screen that anything I can do on a laptop, I'm going to do on a laptop, even if it means I have to drag this laptop wherever I'm going. The idea of watching YouTubes or a movie on a phone or, and I don't even, I'm not nuts about using headphones. So I like to listen to my media through a speaker. So once again, a phone, yeah, those earbuds. And yeah, if I have to, I'll use earbuds for something. But the idea of consuming media or watching a 90-minute film with earbuds or listening to a sound come out of the speaker on the phone, oh, please. Uh, I'm just not a modern phone guy. And I am sure I'm going to have to be because that's that's what they want. That That is the future. And uh, I'm the sort of person who puts things off and waits till the last minute to move into the 21st century. Uh, the, the old man, the ancient PQ River, old Brett once again. But you are following my journey into the future and uh, the step-by-step. Little baby steps, sometimes giant leaps, but yeah. And uh, thanks, Chad, for doing that. And uh, all those tips and that story, that was very compelling. And this is, ideally, no matter what I do here, that I love when it's that night radio feel and the human voice. And that was just a brilliant and fun example of the monologue up the very raconteur Gene Shepard like not necessarily copying his style but uh, doing something along the lines of something Gene Shepard would do it, it, it impresses me deeply when people can talk and tell a narrative and keep it succinct and moving along because I, I'm a digressor I'm all over the place and I'm sure you already know that and I don't need to tell you so uh, next up we have somebody another of uh, somebody uh, mike booty the midnight citizen who has uh, also not been around i mean i know during the uh, year he's busy with college and college projects and his education and uh, it's just this is such a superfluous thing which is another wonderful thing this isn't important or significant it is genuinely trivial and when people can take the time and give us something in that mode it's so rare and beautiful and yeah so without further ado uh let's hear mike booty and his comments on youtube 2023 well hello overnightscape central it's Mike Booty, your Midnight Citizen. Back from a long, long while of being asleep on the Overnight Scape Central. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, just truthfully, I had to sit out the, uh, the entire Beatles cycle. Not that I don't like the Beatles, I love the Beatles, but, uh, 
just not as much as some of you guys. And I, I honestly, I think I just would have embarrassed myself. But, but I'm back and just uh, driving around tonight, delivering some food. My wife and I are going on vacation next week, so I'm trying to earn a few bucks. Driving around the city. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's weird. I just went into a restaurant and ran into one of my former students. So it was a high school teacher and uh, haven't seen her in about four years or so. I taught her when I think she was a freshman. And she recognized me, I recognized her, but we hadn't seen each other in so long that it kind of took us a minute. We Neither one of us wanted to like uh, say, hey, aren't you because it would have been embarrassing so but she went first she called my bluff and uh we got to talking and uh, it was great it was uh, fantastic she had just graduated high school and uh, i didn't teach her in film class though in uh, english i taught her in film class though and i was thinking about that and that kind of uh, brings me uh, around to this week's topic which is youtube in 2023 because uh teaching film class uh was always very difficult because kids, I always got the impression, did not really watch movies uh, like the way that I watched movies growing up. I think they, they watched YouTube more than anything else. YouTube was very important to them <laughs> and uh, probably still is, probably now more than ever in 2023. You know, m- movies uh, are, are long to them. Uh, they have a single narrative structure, a single story. Um, if you get bored with it, you kind of have to like sit through to the to the very end, especially if you go, go see it in a movie theater or something, or if you're watching it like at, at home with your family. Unless you all agree to just stop watching the movie, you have to you have to keep going. Uh, whereas YouTube is uh, just meant to be very fleeting. You know, you watch the video. You can skip to another one. You can find another one. And and the YouTube algorithm is such that it suggests a million other things that you might be interested in based on all of your previous searches compounded on top of each other. It's an amazing invention. It really is. But at the same time, it has made attention spans. And I'm not talking about just like the kids, like the one that I just ran into. It's not making attention spans. Uh only for for children bad it's making them bad all over Um, one of my favorite things to do in the morning uh honestly now that i i don't really have a job i don't have any place to go in the morning these days um i have i have jobs but they kind of take place all over and at infrequent times as i've talked about on the last few episodes of my show the midnight citizen (laughs) um is yeah, I'll wake up in the morning, I'll make myself a cup of coffee, and uh, when I when I had a job, I would sit down, I would watch the news of the day, just to kind of get caught up on what was going on in the world. Uh, but now I'll watch YouTube. YouTube is just full of endless possibilities, and uh, based on your likes, your interests, your subscriptions, you, you never know what you're going to get fed, and it's always kind of exciting to open up YouTube first thing in the morning and just see what's going on. Um, Sometimes there may be just like a ton of duds, but uh, more than likely you'll find something kind of interesting. 
And uh, the way that you find something interesting on YouTube in 2023 is it kind of has to be like it crosses two paths. You know, it's it's like your interest versus uh, how they sell it to you. And, uh, you know, you may have an interest in, like, say, video games or or the news of the day or movies or something like that. You know, let's say, let's take, like, Indiana Jones, for instance. You may be interested in the uh, Indiana Jones movie that came out last week. And maybe you're predisposed to liking Indiana Jones or predisposed to hating Indiana Jones based on what you've seen. And uh, you either want to just, like... Uh, well, let, let's take the route that you are predisposed to hating Indiana Jones. You want to see this movie fail so bad because they shouldn't have made another one. Why? The world was doing so well without a new uh, Indiana Jones movie. We were fine without it. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, you just want to go on YouTube and just pe- see people, you know, like, shitting on this new movie. Okay, so that's an interest you have. And, and then you... Uh, and then you see a bunch of videos that uh, are, are going to sell that interest to you. And they usually do that through like um, clickbaity titles with like meta commentary and the thumbnail pictures, you know. So uh, the, the, the title, for instance, could be like, you know, it's so much worse than we thought. Or that would be in the thumbnail. And then the, the, the title may be like Indiana Jones flops or something like that you know it could be just something that grabs your attention and you're like okay this is definitely in my interest i'm going to watch it and then you could turn on it and it may be good it may be something that actually uh you know gets your attention uh from the very beginning and you're actually following them and and the the maybe it's like a some kind of youtube critic sitting in front of a big wall of toys or something like that and they're kind of uh, making actually a, a good argument for why the movie's not good. And they're actually living up to uh, what they've promised you in their title. But more often than not, it's not. It's just like a clickbaity title. It's somebody sitting in front of a wall of toys. And maybe they're talking for like 10 minutes about something that has absolutely nothing to do with what they promised you in the title. They're like talking about their experience going to the movie, like standing in line for popcorn before the movie. They're talking about their their experiences growing up, watching the Indiana Jones movies, how much hope they had for this new one. And they, they just don't get to the point and they completely bury their lead. And it just, and, you know, within like five seconds, you know what's going to happen. And it's like, OK, I'm done with this. So. Yeah, we, we've gotten very, very good at curating what we like and what we don't like on on, uh, on YouTube in 2023. It's taken us many years to get here, but we're pretty good at it. One thing that we can be, uh, you know, pretty assured of um, on YouTube these days is uh, it's going to be pretty annoying pretty much universally, um, no matter how good the video is, uh, how... how enjoyable your session of watching youtube videos is it's going to be pretty annoying and and the reason being is because of ads they've gotten so bad and you know exactly what's going to happen you're going to see that video it looks really interesting and then you're going to click on it and it's going to be like a super hyper volumed uh advertisement selling you like the same thing hang on i gotta drop this uh, order off it uh 
$3.99 over here. What y'all do now? There's somebody in the front. Ooh, smoking a cigarette. I guess this is them. They got a filet mignon. How you doing? So, uh, it's really pretty. It's, uh, it, it's just rained. There's all this, like, mist coming up off of the, uh, asphalt of these suburban streets. Anyway. So, yeah, you know you're always going to get those advertisements. And those advertisements are also clickbaity because they know that you have the power of the click button. Because five seconds into that ad, you know, it's going to pop up and you're going to click right to the video. So they got to get you in five seconds. So you know that they're going to be like really loud. They're going to say exactly what they know you're going to want to hear based on the algorithmic function. And so it's, it's just, it's... Um, and that, that's kind of the thing, is that YouTube, uh, no matter how good or how bad it is, it's, uh, that's, that's the one thing that distinguishes it, that makes it very unpleasant across the board, is just its, it's loudness, uh, its volume. Um, people shouting for your attention. It really is kind of like walking through like a virtual mall, just having those people at the kiosks between the stores that you actually want to go to try and shout for your attention. And I know that's, that's very much based on the uh, kind of old uh, style, uh, I don't know, like Arabian Mall or something like that that you walk through. <laughs> I think I made a wrong turn. I don't know. Where am I? <laughs> I grew up like five minutes from this neighborhood. I have no idea where I am right now. I gotta turn, I'm trying not to turn on the map. Yeah. So, uh,. Oh, yeah, I know where I am now. Okay, yeah, here's a stop sign. It looks like uh, it's crossing Indian Crest Drive. Yeah, here in Alabama, um, there's still, like, a ton of roads just named Indian. Indian Run, Indian Crest Drive, Indian Valley. Yeah, they haven't changed those names yet. I know it's not really uh, keeping with the uh, political nature, the political correctness of our times, but uh, nevertheless, they do it. So, and uh, but I spend so much of my time on YouTube these days, and as do uh, you know, kids, as do adults, that uh, it's just become so important to us something that we've gotten so used to, uh, particularly in the, in the, in the area of, uh, of learning how to do things. Right. I mean, it's, it's very, uh, and this kind of comes back to my original point of, uh, working with students is that, uh, it, it sort of makes your job as a teacher sometimes feel irrelevant because, uh, 
you know, kids learn go into YouTube and they learn how to do basically everything, anything that they want to know. They just go on YouTube and learn it. And uh, very much, uh, I, I am afraid that if we're not careful, uh, the entire public education system, which has been just failing for years and years and years and is only getting worse, um, will sometime, will someday be replaced by YouTube. And, and there will actually be like educators on YouTube that will be accredited, who will be allowed to open up like their entire universities and uh, schools. And, and it will be like an online public school type thing of which there are already many of them. And, um, you know, I, I think that there are already people on uh, online doing that thing. Like there's Dennis Prager, who's got his Prager U. I mean, where you can basically go on and like enroll in classes. And uh, I don't think it's accredited or anything. It's not like you would get a degree that you can put on an application. But uh, I think that day is coming. Um, my mom, a couple of years ago for Christmas, got me a subscription to this uh, Great Courses Plus thing. You know, again, where you go on and you can um, enroll in a class and uh, it's taught by a lecturer and you don't get a degree at the end of it. It's not like you get, you know, something that you can show to people that a university would actually recognize and uh, the credits of, the transfers of. So, uh, but I think that day could be coming very much. I mean, I when I was... Uh, taking a class in uh, early um, English literature uh, earlier this year, I, I actually did use the subscription to the Great Courses Plus that my mom got me for Christmas. Um, and I watched uh, a lot of uh, videos about like Beowulf and uh, the Exeter book and, and all that stuff just to kind of keep give myself some extra background outside of class. And it helped. It helped. I mean, if it helps me like a graduate student in English literature, then it could definitely, uh, you know, help other people out there. So I, I think like YouTube is a bit scary because it is replacing that traditional in-person learning experience. And so many people now, myself included, go on to YouTube to learn how to do things. Um, there are obviously major setbacks to that. Number one is that... Um, the, the person who's making the YouTube video could be freaking crazy. Um, they could be completely wrong in their information. Um, and new information can come along tomorrow and completely replace it. So um, you don't really have direct interaction with them. I, I don't know. But for, for little things, uh, especially things that I do like on my computer and all that, I, I you know, use YouTube. Um, I did have an experience with YouTube today that was kind of odd where I was trying to uh, figure out something. Uh, I was trying to download an app and for some reason it wasn't downloading. And I went onto YouTube and uh, basically typed in the error message that I kept getting, which is like not enough storage space to download this app, even though I had plenty of storage space. I had something like 700 gigabytes open on my open on my computer. And this thing said that I didn't have enough space. I needed like at least six gigabytes. And okay, I have more. So yeah, I, I go into YouTube and uh, suddenly I'm watching all these tutorials for for that that are made by kids. Kids are teaching me how to do these things all of a sudden on YouTube, and it's just a very odd, strange world that we live in now, where it's like kids just have this 
amazing power over adults to uh, teach them how to do things over YouTube. And it's kind of like upsetting this power balance in a lot of ways. And it's making kids... I don't know if it's making them smarter. I think it's making them feel smarter. Um, you know, because obviously they're kids and they're not adults. They have a lot more time to just like hang out and, uh, you know, figure out how to do things that adults have, you know, too much stuff going on in their lives to figure out how to do such as, uh, you know, solve certain puzzles and video games. And, uh, the other thing is Mike, at this point in time, I mean, once they're like eight or nine years old, these kids were weaned on using the internet and computers and modern computers and doing things now. I mean, everything I learned when I learned computers and really paid attention in, what, 1995, is you can't even... Computers don't even do that anymore, much less it's just Windows every time it updates... Uh, how, where you go in settings and do, do troubleshooting, everything moves because it's constantly being developed. So this is why, as much as anything, update these kids are like fresh and they know what happens now. Whereas you know us old people, and I mean you're, I'm you're nowhere near as old as I am, uh, but it it still applies. We are used to. I don't know what it, what was the operating system when you started and really paid attention. I mean, this Windows 11, it's, and I think it's the same thing now, even with Macs. I mean, the whole nature, from what I understand, of Apple computers with this latest OS and their new machines is just such a different. Well, number one, um, they're no longer using Windows Circuit boards or something i i don't understand these things but they're using a whole different way of setting themselves up so everything is changing and i mean even today there was somebody a friend of mine on facebook and that they even showed a video of it their facebook no longer shows where when people posted something it's the post and everything else is there but, you know, the thing that says one minute ago or posted Wednesday at two. No, no indication. And Lord only knows how they fix that. Um, but, you know, some nine-year-old could just walk right over, click, 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 and it works again, is my experience with a lot of things. So uh, th these p kids, that's what they do. I mean, it, it's just such a strange world. And I watch less and less of YouTube myself um, for a while there, especially during COVID and smoking a lot of weed. I was just sitting there watching all this political, really biased, because there's no such thing, as far as I know, as a measured, even keel source of news, uh, much less on YouTube. I don't even think anywhere in the United States uh, maybe Doc, as Doc said, they're still required to do it with the TV news over in the UK. But it, here, it's, you go to YouTube, everybody's got their spin, and they're not above just telling you something that's such a spin 
that for all intents and purposes, it may not be actually true. And the, the, I'm watching stuff anymore on like wrestling history, especially Brian and Vinny talking about old wrestling of the 80s and 90s, um, the old comic books, because I have no idea what's going on with new ones. Uh, dumb news. Yeah, once in a while, uh, because I used to watch all that, no matter how I eradicate channels, somehow or other, something comes up in my recommended. And yeah, once in a while, I have to admit, I look, but I don't watch the whole thing. I watched that first part where they tell you or they show you the clip of what happened. And I don't even wait for their analysis. I make my own analysis and I move on. But I still watch dumb news. But I bet I have cut my... Well, I'm making podcasts again now. And I'm drawing. And when you're drawing, yes, you can listen to something. But you really can't watch and uh, focused YouTube, at least on any of the subjects I'm interested in. Yeah, I could probably watch uh, a movie, well, you know, cartoons I don't like, because I want to see the animation. Um, I don't know. It, it's just a different world, Mike. And yeah, uh, we, we need kids on YouTube to tell us how to do things. Yeah, it was uh, just, uh, I don't know. So, um, it took a long way for YouTube to, 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 to get to what it is now to where you can kind of expect it to be just nothing but like in your face advertisements, really annoying ads, not only ads before the videos, but ads during the video. Like we've almost gotten like to 1950s television or something where like people will be in the middle of their content you know the stuff that you came there for and clicked on their video for and right in the middle of their their production they'll completely interrupt it to talk about betterhelp.com or something like that you know like betterhelp.com that's the big uh that's the big uh advertisement that you see these days on youtube trying to sell you therapy over zoom um and yeah, yeah, it's 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 really odd. It's um, going back to when I was a teacher. I, I remember just a lot of my students, especially my first year. You know, we were having a conversation one day about what we want to do when we grow up, essentially, because I was kind of telling them, I don't, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, you know, this perpetual myth that adults haven't figured out. So I was asking the kids, you know, like, what do you what do you want to do? What is all this for? And, um, so many of them were just saying YouTuber, you know, they were talking about just being a YouTuber and I, I, I didn't really know about it this, that, that much before this. I had no idea that YouTuber was really a profession that you could actually make money at it. And sure enough, I look in and there's all these kids younger than my students who are like billionaires, you know, <laughs> just for like playing with toys and, and all that stuff. And um, they're, they're, it, it's, it was really crazy. So like, you know, they want to be YouTubers and, um, 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's it's weird because it's like that's not really a profession to just be a YouTuber, but I guess it is. You know, what I would consider a profession is like, you know, you are maybe a toy critic. You review, <laughs> you review toys or you review movies, and now, no, it's just I'm a YouTuber. So it's like you don't – the traditional name, the brand for a profession has kind of gone out the window and now it's just your profession is based on whatever medium that I guess you're able to make money in. So, like a, a blogger or, or whatever. I don't know. But, yes, yeah, so, so many of them wanted to, to, to be YouTubers. And um, now that I've kind of worked with kids for a while and I've also looked at the way that YouTube has changed, uh, you know, over the years... Um, yeah, you can definitely go on and make money on YouTube. The, the ultimate goal of, of somebody who, who's trying to make money on YouTube is to get something like a hundred thousand subscribers. And then you can start like posting affiliate links to things. Um, and then suddenly you can start, uh, companies will start reaching out to you and they'll give you things to sponsor in your videos. Um, and then you actually get monetized and, and advertisers will automatically insert ads into your videos, whether you want them to or not. <laughs> I guess you do. You, you select monetize this video. So you have no, I no no I, I guess what I mean is you have no control over where in your video, the, um, ad is going to be placed. And so it's not like watching television where, there's organic advertisement. There's there's like an act break, and then there's ads, and then there's, you know, an, another act, and then an act break and ads. In, in modern YouTube, it, it's just totally like you could be in the middle of talking about, you know, how your great grandfather died in the Holocaust, and before you get to the word Holocaust, it just like cuts to an ad for better help. Um, it's very insincere, but nevertheless, this is what these YouTubers want. You know, they want advertisers to just totally interrupt their shit to to sell things um that's what they want and not only that but like the pinnacle of success on youtube is to where you actually can stop talking about stuff uh that you ask people to click on your video and you can actually sell them yourself so the the basic pitch will be like um you know, guys, I'm out of the country today and I can't talk about like how tough it is to be able to um, make this video and get it to you without NordVPN. NordVPN is the sixth. And, and it's just they go into this copy that they haven't written that they're automatically just um, that they read. And um, it, it really is like the 1950s or something where it's like, you know, friends, let me tell you about Geritol. Geritol wakes me up and. I no longer suffer from tired blood or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, wild. Um, but that, that's what they want. And it's so bizarre, uh, being me because, um, I, I am, uh, I guess what would be classified as an elder millennial. You know, I, I remember the world before there was an internet. And, and so, uh, Basically, you know, the goal of the generation that came before me, like Gen X, and you see this in movies like Reality Bites, for instance, which, you know, is not a good movie, but I think it's a pretty good time capsule. Um, Say Anything, I, I think, is like a, another really good um, example of 
the mentality that came before the YouTube generation. It, it was like, I don't want to buy anything sold or processed or sold anything bought or processed or process anything sold or bought. And in Reality Bites, the whole idea is like, you know, just don't sell out. You know, make it through this world, do whatever you possibly can, but don't sell your vision. Um, and that was just the cardinal sin of like Generation X. And in a lot of ways, like my people my age as well, we kind of grew up with this idea that like whatever our vision is, it's sacred. Um, and it should be, it alone should be good enough to like make me money. I don't need to like attach on all this other uh, trivial shit that I, that I didn't make, but nevertheless, they want to um, use me to sell to people. But now it's weird because the, the absolute dream of the YouTube generation, uh, and you see this all over the place in 2023 is, is to, is to sell yourself, sell yourself as much as possible. Um, I can't tell you how many videos I've seen that it's like make money on YouTube fast in 2023. And they always use the word, the, the, the year 2023. And the reason they do that is because last year was last year. It just, everything just moves so quickly that whatever ways that there are making money on YouTube this year, they're completely different than last year. It's just such a fleeting medium. Okay. So I don't mean all this to sound like I'm totally cynical about, um, about YouTube. I love YouTube. I think it's like one of the greatest inventions ever. I remember the very first video I ever watched on YouTube. This is way back in 2005. And uh, my friend and I were talking about um, the intro title sequence to the show that we liked as kids. It used to freak us out. It was a show called Tales from the Dark Side. And uh, really creepy intro. And we were talking about how we're just like kind of going based on our memory and everything. And then we just happened to like look it up on the internet. And uh, then suddenly there it was in this site called YouTube. My friend said YouTube. And I, I said, what do you mean? You two, you two, what, why? Like, like the band, like you two uh, has tales from the dark side introduction on their uh, website. He's like, no, YouTube. It's like, what the hell is YouTube? And uh, one of the things that it just did for us um, as adults is it allowed us to no longer have to rely only on our memories to, like, reconstruct our childhoods. Suddenly we were able to go on there and just look at everything that made us who we are, who uh, that informed, you know, our, our cultural DNA. And there was no mystery about it anymore. In a lot of ways, that's a really cool thing, but uh, that can also be kind of a bad thing as well. There's just no... There's no mystery anymore to uh, to things that we uh, to things that we loved. Because a lot of times the the things that we love about our past actually sucked. So now we can kind of go back and we can get really familiar with all that stuff that we loved that we're nostalgic about. And guess what? We can get contemptuous of it too because suddenly we watch too much of it, right? 
yeah, it's, it's, it's really wild. Just, um, sometimes I think it's like just kind of best to go on our memories. I don't know, but we, we've come too far. You know, it's like, we are where we are right now with YouTube in 2023. The second we don't know how to do something, what do we do? We go to Google, we type in the thing we don't know how to do and we click on videos because watching something is way better than reading it. And being able to watch somebody do a step-by-step demonstration reproduces that feeling that we have of being in the classroom and just like watching somebody in front of us doing something. Step-by-step so that we immediately know how to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is this making any sense at all? I don't know. I hope you enjoyed this. I've got to go into nothing but noodles and, uh, and get what will probably be my last order of the night. I don't know. We'll see. Thank you. I'm looking forward to what everybody else has to say. Back to you, PQ. Thank you, Mike, for uh, coming back and sharing that with us. Um, yeah, YouTube, I don't even remember the first time I was on, because back then, I don't know, there, there was YouTube, and then there was Google Video, and I guess Vimeo was on back then, and Daily Motion, and yeah, watching and looking for things that were from when I was a kid and they now it really I mean even my childhood yes in 80s and 90s people had videos but I grew up in the 60s and so many shows cartoons TV shows just you tell somebody somebody about it pardon me and they just didn't know what you were talking about and you'd want to show them and there was no Captain Kangaroo I mean, a lot of people have no idea who the guy was, even though he was on every morning of my childhood and just about everybody I grew up with knew who. And and all these shows that were on Saturday mornings, maybe for a year or two, and then disappeared. Things that were on after school or early in the morning. Daphne's Cartoon Castle. Dodo, the kid from outer space. Colonel Bleep. But they all live there on YouTube. And that's one of the good things. I mean, all the political stuff is kind of crazy. And yeah, these billionaire kids who just like play with a toy or something. I, how did they do that? What did they do that made, I guess they were there at the right time, at the right place, and lucked out getting recommended? I, I don't understand it. Um Hey, I guess all of us here on the Onsug, because we have this outgoing want of an audience listening to us, would love that. But I I don't think I would be good on a video. I flail my hands around. I shake my head around. These kids, they're smooth. They're photogenic. Maybe that's it. You have to have a certain photogenic quality, or perhaps it's in the delivery the right words at the right time, confidence. I have no idea. It's just, but it, yeah, it is so weird how many like kids are rich. They got like 2 million views and it's unbelievable. And these VPN ads, I mean, has anybody gotten a VPN to work properly with like Netflix? I mean, I was trying to watch stuff that's available on the UK with a VPN and it, it 
Netflix detected I was using a VPN in all of eight seconds and blocked me. It's, it's, it, was I doing something wrong? I have no idea, but you know, I'll just live without that or use the infamous realms of obtaining to watch the things that I can't get because of international copyright and what country that things are licensed in. And uh, Tubi has turned out to be a very interesting source for things that uh, are blocked otherwise. And I suppose Hulu also has a lot of stuff here in the U.S., but it's all just confusing to me, all these streaming sites and YouTube. It's just so many movies, and I guess now you can watch a lot of movies and buy the movie or pick a movie and pay a couple bucks and watch it once or watch it within 24 hours or I don't know how that works because I've never done it yet. I mean, everything is inevitable, is it not? Anyways, uh, we are down to our uh, anchor person as far as participating in the Overnightscape Central. Our very own leader, Frank Edward Nora, I am sure has some interesting insights on YouTube. So let's go there then. Moving images, moving pictures with sound, right? This is a technology that uh, started back with Thomas Edison here in Jersey, uh, of course, uh, with the, uh, the movie camera, right? The idea that you have a, uh, they developed uh, the idea of uh, photosensitive uh, film, right? Like, like a plastic, a sheet of clear plastic, and there's a chemical coating that's uh, a photoreactive that is, uh, depending if light hits it, it's going to change it chemically, right? And uh, photography was just a massive, massive uh, revolution in technology. But if you can take a still image, why can't you take a series of images? And that's what they were doing. Back in the n later 19th century, uh, the first movies were made where you could just simply and uh, have the same photoreactive stuff on a flexible... I, I, th I think figuring out that flexible uh, material, clear plastic or whatever it is, I know early on it was like some sort of nitrates. It was, I mean, it was very explosive, right, the material they used. But anyway, um, at that point it was uh, very new, and then they started with movie theaters. There were already theaters, of course, where there were live performers, you know, vaudeville, etc. Then they started showing movies there, right? And I, that was pretty much the only place you're going to see a motion picture going back that far. Then, of course... Uh, Home movies became a thing. You can make take your own movies with a movie camera. You can show your own movies at home with a projector and film. And then in the uh, late 30s into the 40s, the new medium of television, right? This is now a new way of creating images um, <clears throat> without film, right? And uh, this technology was... Uh, I don't think you could actually record it on film on anything other than film, right? But you could broadcast it. This is an interesting time of television that you had the TV cameras, right, that could be uh, convert the images and the sound into a signal that can then be broadcast, and people at home can receive that signal, right? But yet it does seem for a while they did not have uh, the, the means of uh, preserving the video signal apart from what I believe they called them kinescopes uh, to... Um, basically film 
a video screen with a film camera. I may, I, I, don't quote me on that, but I think that's how they did it. And that was how they preserved television in an early sense. And then at some point, they uh, figured out how to use magnetic tape to, to preserve the video, right? And that was a huge thing because now you can actually preserve it directly without having to use film. And this was pretty much the technology um, up until digital video, right? When did digital video start? I mean, uh, the early computers, they could, uh, they were very limited in terms of video. Video is very information dense. And so, like the first computer I got was the TI 99. It, it could do motion graphics, but it couldn't do video per se. Um, yeah, I don't think there was any capacity to, to do video. I'm trying to think when that started. Um, that definitely was something, it didn't seem like, definitely uh, maybe later 80s, the first digital video. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I don't know. Digital video may have started going. I know that, uh, for example, in video game platforms, full motion video was something that was pretty much, I think, PlayStation 90. Five-ish. Uh, well, before that was uh, what I know. Sega Saturn, uh, Sega CD, Sega CD. A little bit earlier in the nineties, maybe nine. Again, I'm just doing this from memory. Maybe ninety-three, four. Um, it was it was the CD format. Uh, you you know using um, information on a CD, right? Inform- CD is a digital format, so it was introduced for music in the 80s, but then you were starting able to use it for data and a very highly compressed video. Um, they, they had video CDs, yeah. I'm just trying to think the sequence of all this. Of course, this all leads up to YouTube, right? Um, but we know that CD was, CD-ROMs were basically the, the medium for computer video because it just takes up so much space, right? People's hard drives weren't big enough to store videos of any size, but like uh, at, at no, at one point in the '90s, there were all these um, magazines on CD-ROMs, and they had um, the, uh, the the first primitive videos on there. But of course, the codec they were using was very limited, right? It, it was uh, probably 256 uh, colors. It was uh, the frame rate was low, but it, you could still do it, and it was amazing, right? And the internet pretty much got started. In 94, people started going on. 94 and 95, people started going on the Internet as well. And the early Internet was uh, too slow. The dial-up, uh, you know, 14.4 baud modems, mm, kind of too slow for video, but you could download a video in, in those uh, early formats. But it wasn't good yet. So this is all historically fairly recently. And... Uh, Eventually, and, and of course, you know, um, a lot of mathematicians and scientists, you know, worked on these codecs. MPEG, for example, Motion Picture Experts Group, I think is sort of an extension of JPEG, um, novel mathematical ways of reducing the, uh, the, the weight, the file size of videos, because videos are so massive, right? I mean, one image, you might remember, you'd go on a website and one image would take forever to load. You'd see the top of it loading and then going down, down, down. Meanwhile, for a video, you need, ideally, you know, like, uh, you know, for our NTSC, our old video format here, um, television broadcast standard that's now gone. But uh, it was the 
approximately 30 frames per second. It was like 29.98 something. So 30 frames, imagine 30 of those images per second. And these images still take so long to load. So it was, uh, it was one of the things, video was one of the um, technologies that um, really um, broadband internet, fast, fast internet, uh, and the, the infrastructure had to reach a certain level before streaming video or even downloading video was even an option. Of course, DVD um, as a home format for digital video really was the big one. And that's still going today. The, the more high-res ones, there was a format war kind of like uh, VHS versus Beta. It was HD DVD versus Blu-ray, and Blu-ray won. But, and I think there are some Blu-rays still out there, but I don't know whatever happened with that format. Uh, everyone started going to streaming once the technology was available rather than owning a copy that you could play as much as you want you go to a streaming service which may or may not have what you want as you know, may know recently the streaming services including YouTube TV well no YouTube TV is not a streaming service it's a cable replacement interesting yeah there's many different YouTubes there's YouTube there's regular YouTube there's YouTube kids there's YouTube premium there's YouTube music and there's YouTube TV not to be too confusing huh Google Yes, Google owns YouTube. Um, but it was not the dominant video site at first. right? So now we're getting into mid-2000. So YouTube gets started in 2005. There's already a bunch of video sites on there. In fact, there was a Google video. I remember uh, a movie that it may, in fact, now be lost to history uh, that was on Google Video, and I had a link to it, and I never downloaded it. You know, like like YouTube today, you, there's no way to easily download it. You have to go to a separate site to download videos from YouTube, but you still can. Yeah, I remember that movie, A Texas Tale of Treason. A movie about people in Texas trying to make a movie, the sequel to Repo Man, Waldo's Hawaiian Holiday. Great movie. It was on YouTube video, and somehow that video never got uh, transferred over to YouTube. And I think I tried, like last year or the year before, to kind of find if there's any copies of it anywhere and I couldn't find a single a single it's like completely unavailable though it was online at one point but yeah I mean uh, you know in the early days I, I got into I got into the uh, uh, internet video scene around 2008 ish and I had a project called in ramble which I uh, which is still on YouTube that I uploaded them in 2008 and then I collected them all into one video that I also uploaded to YouTube, um, the complete in ramble. And at that point, 2008, so <laughs> that is kind of a long time now. Wait, that's not even 20 years ago. Ugh, it's 15 years ago. It's only 15 years ago, 2008, right? Um, and I had already been doing the the overnightscape for five years at that point. And... Uh, you know, I was always, around that time, I was always looking for new ways to expand and new ideas. And um, so I thought the video thing could be a good idea. If you watch those in rambles, I, they're short video clips, mostly of me just wandering, like a few minutes of me in New York City or in some kind of interesting location. I thought it was a really cool project. And um, at the time, there were like almost like a dozen different uh, video sites that you would need to upload to because not no single one was... Uh, dominant at the time, right? It was, uh, there were just all these different ones. And YouTube was there, obviously. It, it was three years old. I don't know if it had been acquired by Google yet. 
me see. When did when was it acquired by Google? Oh, it looks like it, it looks like it, Google bought it like very early in it. In October 9th, two thousand six, Google bought it. So it, it, they already had uh, YouTube when I was getting into it, but it, it was still not sort of like the dominant video site online. So I I, I started attending the New York. Um, well, I was already attending the podcast meetups, and eventually I I uh, did join up to the uh, online video meetups, and found out about a uh, uh, a service called Tube Mogul which was a site where you could upload your video once, including the title, the tags, and all the other, all the other uh, metadata. Do people even worry about metadata anymore? I don't know. Um, then you can upload to a bunch of sites. And I, and I got the list. And this, this was sort of an example list of all the sites you could upload to. And I did this. I did this for hundreds of, of uh, was there hundreds of, of in-rambles, or 150 or so, whatever. So it was YouTube, Yahoo Video, MySpace video, AOL video, Meta Cafe. What I don't hardly even remember Meta Cafe. Google video. Is that Ruer or Rever? Daily Motion, Blip, Vio, Crackle, Sleepo, Viddler, and Howcast. So I remember at that point. So 15 years ago, um, it was. Uh, YouTube was not yet dominant, and there still was Google Video, right? They had not shut down Google Video yet. So somehow, in the intervening years, uh, YouTube just kind of became the de facto uh, video site. Everything's on YouTube, and YouTube, I think, has become a very important um, site because anytime I want to see like an old commercial or hear a song that's not available on streaming or any kind of old TV shows or anything, it's usually on YouTube. And, uh, of course, YouTube and Google are, are unfortunately in the position of having to be censors as well. And run into, they've run into a lot of uh, controversies uh, censoring. You know, for example, uh, if someone uploads your copyrighted material without your permission, you could take it, send the takedown notice, and YouTube would have to take it down. Uh, also, in recent history, they have taken it upon themselves to uh, censor certain ideas and things. I know uh, either um, deleting videos completely or um, there's a lot of people who uh, try to make money off of YouTube by, by the ads. And uh, they can become easily demonetized if they touch on a certain topic or subject. But no one knows exactly what is going to cause uh, you to be demonetized. And there's been, I know there's been a lot of complaints about that. And then also, um, I ran into a very fairly unique problem with YouTube, and I actually was able to contact someone at, at Google about this problem because um, the, what happened was my, my issue with uh, YouTube was uh, I did a, a project uh, called the Midnight Cassette System where I uh, – just recorded music from the Mad Player and released it into the public domain, right? And as it turns out, there there was almost no public domain music out there in the world. And uh, this guy, uh, Kevin M Kevin McLeod, Kevin McLeod, who's actually a pretty famous guy. I think there's even a documentary about him and his uh, royalty-free music, not public domain music. But he created an offshoot site, pdmusic.net or something. And he took my uh, tracks. I just recorded them in long segments. Each of them had 30 or 40 songs. And he cut them up 
gave them titles and put them on that site, but then said, by Frank Nora. So interestingly, I became one of a handful of people that had released public domain music in the modern era. Actually, there was no public domain music at that point because no music was in the public domain automatically. Now there is some, 1923 and earlier. But, uh, and it was absolutely meant to be public domain. But then again, what someone did is they took my music and they made it into a CD, a music CD, and then they claimed copyright on it, which that is not legal. Um, and, you know, they say if you transform it, you can copyright it. So maybe someone runs it through EQ or something and claims that they've transformed it and now own the copyright to it. But that's not really how it works. Um, so anyway, uh, because I got my stuff, it was I didn't do any I didn't do anything. This guy did it. And with my blessing, I thought it was great that he did this. People started using my uh, public domain songs in their videos as, as a way of a safe music. But because this unknown actor somewhere, someone took my music and made a CD out of it. They started sending takedown notices to the people that had used my music, though it was absolutely in the public domain. And I actually, because Kevin McLeod um, was kind of a high-profile guy, high-profile guy, he had uh, uh, contacts within Google, and I was able to email back and forth with someone and describe my problem, which is that what I'm trying to do is to uh, establish my music and show you where it came from and can you put it in your database as public domain so anyone that claims copyright on it no they can't because it's public domain they had no mechanism for that so I've endlessly had to like people email me oh can I use your music for this I'm like yes but caveat even though it's illegal people have uh, started sending takedown notices on YouTube and I, it was never resolved it was never resolved at least I got the email back and forth with someone at Google about this it was never resolved at all. And I even have some credits on IMDb as a musician. How did I become, I'm not even a musician, how did I become the top public domain music guy or one of the top people? It was hardly anyone else was doing it. I won't do it anymore either. I do everything at least under the attribution license of Creative Commons because of that experience. As they say, no good deed ever goes unpunished. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and again, there are other sites. There's, what's, what's the one I was on? Not VO, but there's a couple other ones that are still out there. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, YouTube is by far the biggest, and that's where everyone goes to see videos. Though, of course, because of the controversies, especially in recent years, it seems that anyone that, that was presenting a point of view that was associated with the political right uh, would wind up getting banned or demonetized or deleted or whatever, what have you. It almost got to the point where, it, I mean, I know it's not supposed to be like that, but it almost started started to feel like, oh, you if you want to put videos on YouTube that are political in nature, it's okay if you're like left-leaning or a Democrat, but it's not okay if you're right-leaning. Those political ideas will be banned. And that's sort of, I don't know, I know there's a lot of gray areas in there, but I just think that's sort of the impression everyone got, that this was, uh, you know, censorship of a, of a certain political um, perspective, which is uh, not cool, really, you know. So I've been very careful what I put on there, because I don't know, like, to what extent, because I very much depend on Google, uh, their documents and e Gmail and things like that. 
I was always wondering if I if I put one wrong video on YouTube, could I like my entire account be like banned or something? It's very nerve wracking. So there were some videos I didn't put on YouTube at all. I just put them on the Internet Archive. Other ones that I felt were not so controversial, I just put on YouTube. Made no attempt to monetize any of it, of course. Just. And even if you upload, like these are videos like from the 80s and 90s and stuff. And if there's any copyrighted music in it, they detect it. But um, then the, the copyright owner of the music can put ads on your video and they make money, but you don't make money, whatever. But they have to opt in. So I know that, for example, uh, my one video had the, the Doctor Who theme song, which they detected on YouTube. And they're like, well, the copyright holder will allow it. You know, they'll make money off your video. You can't make money. I'm like, thinking, fine, I just want to host it. I don't, I know I'm not going to make money on it, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird because, you know, we, I think there's always been this kind of sense that, uh, the original internet, the World Wide Web, HTTP, and web browsers and stuff was meant to be decentralized. That is, anyone can have a web server and, um, serve the content, and no one can control all of the content on there. But once you start having what they call like these walled gardens, right, then you, then you can just be banned for your politics or banned for anything because someone else owns the world that you're in, you know? Which, uh, it's easier, it's convenient, but it's, uh, it, you're losing a lot of freedom. So YouTube really, like, why do we need YouTube? Um, well, you could make your own site and upload video files and have a some sort of open source video player. Those do exist, but it's uh, very data intensive and you need to constantly update it and everything else. So it's just easier to let YouTube do the heavy lifting for, for sharing videos. I know recently there's a site called like the Rumble or Rumbler. I think it's just called Rumble, which is an alternative video site that sometimes I see links to for uh, topics that people think they'll be banned on YouTube if they present it, or they have been banned on YouTube's, or deleted off YouTube, and uh, supposedly Rumble is, is one where you can, uh, they don't ban you so much, you know. And of course, you know, I do subscribe to YouTube TV, but that does not get me a subscription to YouTube Premium, or YouTube Music, <laughs> or anything else. So you have to sort of tolerate the ads they play on the videos. Uh, I guess the only way to, I mean, you can get around it by using ad blockers, but now Google is uh, saying that they're going to, uh, they can tell if you're using an ad blocker and they're, they're going to like, uh, like sort of ban you from watching videos unless you pay if you're using ad blockers. That, that was a recent story. I use some ad blockers, but I don't think I use one for YouTube. I'm not sure. What was that other site? Not, no, da- Daily, maybe it was Daily Motion. I'm not sure, but. There was some TV show I wanted to watch on there, and uh, there were commercials every five seconds, so I downloaded some sort of blocker or something and got rid of all the commercials. Yay. <laughs> Listen, I know they got to make money in some way. What are they? They're not a charity. Get out of here. Well, that's what the whole open source community is for. It's, it's to get a- around all that crap. But it's tough, you know, like like with, uh, you know, like the metaverse and, and uh, 3D world, you know, like uh, Second Life was a uh, proprietary um, walled garden kind of place. And I got banned just because I burnt down Neverland by accident. And uh, that really soured me to the whole thing. But then there's an open source version called OpenSim or something like that. And uh, that 
has such a small community and it's just never really took off. It's tough. There are open source alternatives, uh, but YouTube just makes it so easy to watch something anywhere. And it's a free service, right? You can upload videos, host them, have people watch them, and it's all free. You can even do private videos and send someone the link, and it's all free. They're not even charging you for it. It's amazing. It, it, does, it really is an amazing free service, you know. But, of course, there, you've lost a lot of freedom with this free service. So, anyway, I'm in the YouTube app here. And, uh, yeah, in the account section it says, your channel, turn on incognito, add account. Get YouTube Premium. So YouTube Premium is something. And then at the bottom, they have YouTube Studio, YouTube TV, YouTube Music, and YouTube Kids. So all these different YouTube services. But let's just take a look. We're <laughs> just trying to see. On, on the app, I never can find where history is. I know I always eventually find it. I think it's in library. No. Where where do you find your history? Oh, here it is. Here's Here's my history. So uh, let's just go down and sort of – I'm just going to go down in my history. What just in the past week or so have I uh, – what have I been watching? This sort of gives you a sense of just how uh, huge this is in our lives. I mean uh, – let me see. Maybe we should do it sequentially. Let me go down. How far should we go down? And so even if you just watched a few seconds of the video, it's in here, you know. And I do, I, you know, I play stuff on the Overnightscape from YouTube just to play examples of things. Let me go. I'm just going to see how far I should go back. <laughs> okay. Does it say... Uh, here's... All right, June, we'll go to we'll start at June twenty first randomly. Today is uh, July seventh. What have I been watching on YouTube? All right, so the first thing I watched on July on June twenty first is it worth it to buy a Lord of the Rings Commander deck? That's from a, a channel called Tolarian Community College, which is a really good YouTube channel for Magic the Gathering, uh, which I've been into to some extent. I play it on Magic Arena. I don't do paper, but there's a lot of of course whatever you're into, there's going to be YouTube channels about it. Then uh, Disney Illusion Island, Dis Nintendo Direct. So there, there's a video of a new Disney game. Barack Obama's speech in Belgium. I forget where that came from. And then Winnetka Road, Women in Love, Part 2. Yeah, so I've been, uh, I was, the only way I was able to watch this super obscure TV show from 1994 is that it's on YouTube, but it's literally nowhere else. <laughs> Another video here. Woman dies, gets shown other planet, civilization, and told humans purpose. Uh, Larry Fast, Electronic Realizations for Rock Orchestra, 1975, full album. How to play Spikeball with pro tips and tricks. Yeah, my uh, when I went over to uh, my nephew Jack's uh, graduation party, they were playing this game. I didn't know what it, w what it was, but it turns out it's Spikeball. Uh, and then, of course, another TV show that it's hard to find. It's like you know. Um, I watched one episode of that. And then there's a band called Green Apple Quickstep, kind of a, like this kind of a uh, 90s alternative rock band from Seattle, I believe. 
their music is not available anywhere, but it's on YouTube. So uh, their 93 album, Wonderful Virus. So I watched their music video for Water Ocean, Dirty Water Ocean and then listened to the album. Um, more political stuff. The Titan Tragedy. Oh, yeah, that submarine. Oh, wait, th- this was all June 20th. <laughs> all right. I assumed it was the 21st, but just for like one day. <laughs> uh, listening to that song IGY by Donald Fagan. <laughs> Why was I watching a video? It's garbage. It's I'm only happy when it rains. More music videos. Um, yeah, I was looking for some uh, sketches from um, Mr. Show about their their HR Puffin stuff uh, parody. We should, we, let's check that out because that's so this is an example of something like how else are you going to easily find this? It's uh, it's a good example of what you, you you remember a sketch on a show and then you could watch it this whole sketch on YouTube. television set when you were a kid yeah people are always asking us hey man where'd you get those crazy ideas from well this is the late 60s that was the early 70s yeah so you know we didn't have short attention spans like you kids today you know i mean back then i mean we could just sit and stare at a candle for three hours and just you know have our minds blown you know Uh, i mean eating an orange that's like taking a trip through a citrus mountain. Right. Well, now we'd like to show you the last show we ever made. Billy was a normal boy. Instead of a, a living flute, he has a, a living, like, hash pipe. The altered state of drug Massachusetts. You get the idea. See, this is the thing. You start watching one thing, and then you watch another thing, et cetera, et cetera. It just keeps going. The altered state of drug Massachusetts. I love that one. What else do we have here? More. Oh, the Mr. Show Monster Party sketch. That was a good one. More music. Uh, K-pop music video by Triple S. Crystal Eyes Touch. Jolly Ranchers demo, some weird band, uh, Lucky Me, 
Glue, another weird 90s band. Uh, Hypnocube, yeah, that's one of those those things you can buy. It's like a cube with all sorts of LEDs inside of it, and it forms all these patterns. That looks cool. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Booster Course Pass. Mario Bro- Super Mario Brothers Wonder, a new game coming out, so previews of video games. Oh, yeah, and this one. Love this one. Oh, here's one of the ads. Here's ads. Blink Fitness. Video will play after ad. So this is an incredible music video that somehow flew under my radar back in the day. It's Kate Bush with Experiment 4 from about 86. This is an incredible music video. Secretly for the military. It's sort of like an episode of Black Mirror. Way before Black Mirror. And Hugh Laurie is in it and uh, Dawn French. And of course, Kate Bush. They told uh, the lyric is they told us that they wanted was a sound that could kill someone from a distance. So good. Oh, here's uh, Sparks uh, with Jane Weedland. Cool places. Yeah, I've been on a major Jane Weedland kick. I have to say though, I have never been able to get into Sparks. I've tried so hard to get into Sparks, but this is a great video. Jane Weedlin, her solo stuff, I've been obsessed with it recently. She's from the Go-Go's. Didn't I see Jane Weedlin at that Comic-Con in San, San Jose in 2014? I didn't even talk to her. I should have. Um, she was just sitting there. No one was like, going to her booth. Pause. More in a Nintendo game, Sonic Superstars coming. Oh, yeah, and someone found... Um, Footage from the Midnight Special of Steely Dan. Very rare. Steely Dan hardly played live. Showbiz kids. And they cut out the part where they, they, they just, they don't even bleep it. They just cut it out where he's like, show business kids making movies of themselves. You know, they don't give a fuck about anybody else. So they just cut that. But yeah. They got the shapely bodies. They got the steely dan t-shirts. It's amazing to see. Apparently that was really hard to find, that footage beforehand. And of course, the only place you could hear this song right now, the new Aphex Twin song, Black Box Life Recorder 21F. See, it's not released yet, but it is on YouTube still. Only 380,000 views in two weeks. I guess Aphex Twin is not like the level of like a uh, Taylor Swift or whatever, but still, he's pretty big. Aphex Twin, come on. It's a good song. Very wild music video, too. Anyway, how about the sound of ancient languages? This is this is a cool video. It sort of it sort of uh, purports to present how ancient languages sounded. I found this. I found this. Old, this is Old Norse. I don't know how accurate this is, but... So these are like ancient languages, and what did they sound like? So a bunch of different languages in there. Oh, here's my video, Early Echoes Fusing. I think I was just researching it for some reason. But I must piss now. The piss guy. But um, I must piss now, so I'll just say goodbye. 
Into a Monday? Well, the magazine. There's there's some there's some charming moments. Good stuff. Here is a good example of music that's just for some reason not on streaming. It is uh, the Mike Old Mike Mike Oldfield album Heaven's Open and the song Music from the Balcony. Why settle for just food delivery when you can have food that delivers you fresh direct? Yeah, Heaven this is a really obscure song. Uh, almost like an extension of Amarok. Just this wild song. It's like 20 minutes long, but it's not on streaming for some reason. Music from the balcony. And of course, uh, I looked this up, uh, Sapphire and Steel's TV intro, because they actually played this on a, a Black Mirror episode, Demon 79. Check this out. I watched most some of it. Oh, here's the great thing I watched. John Romero plays My House Wad. This is the guy that created Doom, and he was playing this Doom mod called My House. That was cool. A Bud Light commercial. This was probably from one thread on a conspiracy board showing how Bud Light's trying to come back from their controversy. Um... What, uh, here we go. 100 minutes of the Tokyo Night Shinjuku Kabukicho. This is something I love watching. Just someone walking around Japan or China or Korea, especially at night. Just, just watch. It's I just so hypnotic, so amazing. I could just watch this stuff all day long. Oh, I love these videos. I get obsessed with them. Here's an album by Klaus Schulz from '76. He was a guy that was. I think he was in Tangerine Dream just briefly. Uh, he's probably, I think he's in the Berlin School of Music. This is Moon Dawn from 76. Again, it's not on streaming, but it is on, somehow it's on YouTube. This is Berlin School, yeah. Really good stuff. Klaus Schulz. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is something uh, Mike Booty found. Insight PC Gaming, Daikatana Preview. This is that same guy, John Romero, who uh, he got all full of himself because Doom was such a big success. He started his own game company called Ion Storm and uh, made these super extravagant offices and wound up producing this utter turkey of a game called Daikatana, and he had to shut everything down. Through 25th century Japan, ancient Greece, medieval Norway, and San Francisco, circa 2030. Impresario John Romero, lead designer of Daikatana, gives us a telling glimpse of the game's premise. John Romero, game designer of Daikatana. Never heard of you. You're going to have sidekicks. Uh, oh, first, man. More video game previews and stuff. Uh, 
Winnet, a lot more Winnetka Road. Uh, yeah, I watched all of Winnetka Road. I really do uh, recommend it. Oh, here's a here's a promo. Yeah, because a, a super obscure TV show called Apple Pie that I don't think has ever. This is these previews are some of the only remnants of a show from '78. Here's like a preview. Now, Chief Roy gets cuffed to a con man, thrown by love, and tied up with a blonde. Then meet the family that found each other in the Wanheads on the premiere of Apple Pie and the Love Boat sales with Melissa Gilbert. When Julie has to play Cupid for her own parents, Betty Garrett, and Three's Company's Norman Bell. Then on Fantasy Island, Sonny Bono pirates away Diana Canova's heart. Watch tonight on ABC. <laughs> it's amazing. Shows like that are just completely lost. There's a, that whole website. Lost Media Wiki is about all that stuff. And I think from there I found this video, 21 new shows from 1978. Then my big Winnetka Road. We've only gotten to June 24th, by the way. Winnetka Road. Oh, Boards of Canada. One Very Important Thought. It's a great song. It's about censorship, man. What's going on? All this noise pollution out here. censorship very relevant topic to this discussion now that the show is over and we have jointly exercised our constitutional rights we would like to leave you with one very important thought sometime in the future you may have the opportunity to serve as a juror in a censorship case or a so-called obscenity case it would be wise to remember that the same people would stop you from listening to boards of canada Maybe back next year to complain about a book or even a TV program. If you could be told what you can see or read, then it follows that you could be told what to say or think. Defend your constitutionally protected rights. No one else will do it for you. Thank you. See, it's a bit of a synchronicity. Two examples of bands including the name of their band in the lyrics. Interesting, right? Oh, and yeah, someone recommended this uh, Aphex Twin song, Alberto Balsam. On the 4th of July, forget about the dishes. Commercials. Finish Quantum is effective on 24-hour dried-on Wait, streets. that's what I already use. I'm already buying that. They don't need to advertise to me. This is Alberto Balsam by uh, Aphex Twin. Love this genre of music known as IDM, or intelligent dance music. I never got as into Aphex Twin as I got into Boards of Canada, but I should get more into Aphex Twin. So there's just a few days of, right, anything? Oh yeah, remember that? Oh yeah, I, I haven't, I talked about it on the extra ramp, but on the show, the, uh, the uh, uh, a genre of music called the Dungeon Synth, and um, this group called Frog Concert, the slumbering sounds of the Frog Fellowship. I'll just give you examples. <laughs> A really it's an amazing genre it's just like it, it feels like uh, music like from the 80s like for Epcot rides or something you know and then the creator of that gave a little YouTube message 
the, the frog gave a message. He should talk soon, I think. get the idea. It's a very annoying like voice, but yeah. <coughs> More Winnetka Road stuff. Oh, here's a great video I put out. Actually, it's 3.2 thousand views. It may be my most watched video on YouTube. Serial Isle from 1986. This was back in the ABM show days. Here's See, what is like? Mad Mike in the, in the Serial Isle in 86. Chris. This is a very important historically, an actual Serial Isle from 86. Oh, new one. Nerds. Wow. 98% sugar. Let's see. Hmm. It's all those, it's all those raisin squares and bran flakes and all this good cereal. Good stuff for you. How is. How's. Where the hell's. Oh, man. Ah! Circus fun. Very obscure cereal, circus fun. I think I. I, 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 I think the reason I. Rocky Road. I think the reason I, I found this video is because someone posted about Circus Fun, so I, I linked to this video. How about the sound of a supermarket in 1975? The Muzak or whatever they played. It's true, they used to play good music like this in supermarkets. Oh, here's another uh, Dungeon Synth album, Look Far with Mineral Hall. Oh, how to, how to do tricks with poker chips, right? Because I got those poker chips recently. We've only gone a few days, but this just gives you a uh, an idea. Anything else? Yes, big news. Someone found a much better copy of the semi-lost Steely Dan song, The Second Arrangement. Check this out. This is someone that tried to reconstruct it. The song was never released and only existed in sort of a fuzzy demo form. But now you can hear this amazing song that should have been on the 1980 Steely Dan album, Gaucho, but um, their intern erased the song. Far out the wine, little girl. I've got just one friend in this whole wide world. Anyways, <laughs> that was just like a w not even a week. <laughs> a week of my YouTube watching. Wow. Anyway, that gives you some idea of YouTube in 2023. You know, I know it's controversial, but it's like the air you breathe. YouTube is everywhere. Back to you, PQ. Oh, I'm so happy. That was great. I mean, you were talking about the beginning of the moving image. I mean, we have Edward Muybridge to thank for that, proving that a horse does sometimes lift all of its legs off the ground. And uh, yeah, just, just from there, it was yeah, that flammable nitrate and little flip books 
and we were off to the races. And I, and yes, a kinescope, which was the early way of documenting and recording television programs, was a movie camera pointed at a TV monitor. And I believe they had a way of syncing, film chaining, whatever they call that, so it didn't flicker so much. But yeah, um, kinescopes, although now that we have AI, I bet you somebody is going to take some time and make those kinescopes just that much better because there is, I don't know how much, but quite a bit of old television that is only available in that form. And, well, people won't watch black and white anyways, no matter how you slice it. It has reached a certain point uh, where the bulk of the population, uh, even under duress, would almost rather watch nothing than something in black and white. And while, you know, that's how TV was when I was growing up, only very few people had a color TV. Um, now, if it isn't color and HD, I just, nobody's going to watch that washed out, flabby, bad image anymore. Oh man, when VHS was in the beginning, some of the like fifth generation copies on VHS that I would happily watch just to see something, that's all over with now. Um, now it's, it's all got to be real sharp and clear. I mean, even the YouTubes that are low res are slowly disappearing. And yeah, YouTube is a part of a lot of our lives. I mean, at some point, maybe on an appreciator, I'll go over what they recommend for me. I mean, it's gotten better and better. I mean, it used to be just one political thing after another. And now, like I say, it's just fluffy pop culture with a few of those thrown in for flavor, a little music. But um, yeah, that was the story up to now. And uh, that completes... We're back in business. I mean, we had four hosts this time. Doc Slees, thank you. Chad Bowers and the incredible true facts of space. We tip our hat to you. Mike Booty, the Midnight Citizen. We salute you. And of course, I'm always grateful and appreciative of everything that Frank Edward Nora does for this channel, for our ears, and for everything else. And you can be part of the magic. You can. You should. You can do it. You can be an overnightscape central con contributor. Or if you got a show in mind, we will facilitate. We will help. We will guide you. Uh, I mean, no, you're not going to be like one of those kids on YouTube and be a millionaire because uh, this stuff is all free. All free, the whole big archive. You can be part of the gang. Next week on the Overnight Scape Central, the topic will be fear. Oh, yeah. I, I bet you that stirs something in you. And uh, we'll talk about fear, and you are invited. Here's how it works. Um, you record a file, or uh, if you're mic shy or something, I am always um, more than glad to read. If you type up what you want to say in an email, I'll read it on your behalf right here on the next show or any subsequent show. The deadline for the next show is uh, get your file to me by the evening of July 17th, 2023. That's next Monday. And I've got to stop doing that, that half burping. 
I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, I do apologize if anybody is uh, disgusted by such crude and boorish behavior and vocalization. I, I really should go back and fix it, but I'm not going to. Um, deadline is Monday the 17th, and get it to me uh, in the evening sometime. I'm in Mountain uh, Daylight Time or Mountain Standard Time, whichever we're on. I can never figure out this Daylight Savings Time thing. But uh, just get it to me in the evening, and you are certain of being included. And if you send it in late, we'll just put it on the next Overnightscape Central, or I may even include it on an episode of the other series I do, The Appreciator, which you should check out anyways, and its sister show, brother show, I don't know, I don't want to be sexist, The Big Appreciation Showcase, which uh, the next episode is going to be really special. So you want to check all these out, as well as all of the other programs at onsug.com. The email address to contribute here is kpqr.torc at gmail.com. Once more, kpqr.torc at gmail.com. And uh, we're here. We're waiting for you. We want you to take part in this amazing program. And uh, until the next time, uh, once again, do participate. We want you. And uh, set the controls for the heart of the fun. And then everything else just, that's fun too. <laughs>